Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, is scaling your business really worth it? It's a question that makes you think. I mean, if you're making pretty good money working as a solopreneur, what are the real advantages to actually growing your business? And do those advantages outweigh the headache and stress of hiring, training, and paying people on your team? It's a question we've never been asked before, but our guest Sarah poses toward the end of this episode. And also on this call, how to narrow down your many business interests, how to build a business that's flexible enough for you to take months off at a time, how to delegate when you're a control freak, and lots more. This was genuinely one of my favorite episodes of all time, so stay tuned and enjoy after this quick message from our sponsors. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language. Order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co, and joining me on the air today is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDrivify.com. Hey, Clay. What's going on? I'm How's ready. it going, man? Another another day, another show. Uh, excited that you're here, and joining us also today is our new friend, Sarah, calling from New York City. How are you, Sarah? I am great. How are you? Doing good. I'm not sure. Have we ever had anyone from New York? I feel like we should have by now. I, mean, I think we have New York, but not maybe not New York City. Not like New York City. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I could be wrong. Though. I just know we have tons of listeners like in New York and LA. So it feels like 
LA, you got to represent because I feel like we've had a couple from New York now, and I'm not sure we've had any from LA. But I know you listen because I've seen the stats. So you got to call in. Happy to represent New York City crew over here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, awesome, Sarah. Why don't you um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and about your business and what kind of work you're doing? Yeah. Okay. So um, I am a brand and web designer. That is how I make most of my money. But I'm also an actor in New York City. And I'm also a TikToker. Um, so I get... That's a I feel thing like now. The, Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's... I feel like I need to provide like context of like how I am all these things. Um, so basically, I have been an actor in New York City for like eight year or no I've been here for 10 years so the whole time I've been an actor but like um I was only an actor for like eight of those years and then when the pandemic happened um my restaurant job shut down and I like obviously Broadway and everything shut down too and I was like the most bored I've ever been in my life in my apartment on unemployment (laughs) um and I I'm just like not someone that can just like chill like I have to like be doing something otherwise like I will think too much about how terrible the world was (laughs) so we feel uh, you on that one yeah yeah so I was like okay I need a distraction so I immediately just like jumped into helping some of my actor friends with their websites because I like liked doing mine and um like really quickly uh people started being like whoa like you're good at this and like do mine and so um it kind of like scaled into this whole thing and um at the same time as I was like teaching myself how to do that configuring all my processes like doing all that stuff I was also posting on TikTok because I thought that was fun too and built a little bit of an audience over there. Although that's more like lifestyle-y stuff. It's less like business stuff. Um, And yeah, so I've just been like sort of one foot in the audition world now and like two feet. (laughs) I feel like I have like three feet in (laughs) the uh, like online world, whether it's working with clients on web design or... um, doing like TikTok brand stuff. So yeah, Yeah. that is the context for all of this. (laughs) Cool. And are you doing any of it full-time or like between all of it? Is it full-time or or is it still side hustle state stage? So um, my web design business is full-time and it is like 98% of my income. Like, And then my acting stuff, which I mean, theater is like just coming back. So it's like, it's... Theater feels like my side hustle, <laughs> and then, uh, and then TikTok is like my like every once in a while I'll like work with a brand. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's definitely like cool. TikTok is the least of the three, but it's but it sounds yeah. the coolest, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, it's like it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> so so moving forward, are you are you hoping to do more online like more web design stuff, or like would acting? take that back over once things are in full swing again? Or what's kind of your goal for the future? I'm curious. Yeah. Well, this is a great question because like I'm constantly like, I don't know. Because the thing is like, at least in the theater world, like most people have another hustle. So like, I don't, I don't feel like I need to like choose one. Um, However, like part of the reason that I wanted to come on here and chat with you guys is because... I'm starting to feel like like I have a lot of success in like the web design world. I have a lot of like n- like 
growing success in like my community of like artists. And so I'm like, what am I even working towards right now? Like, have mm, I like mm-hmm. reached like the pinnacle of what I'm able to do with my feet in both like spheres? Mm. And then, like, with that, like, I I feel like on this podcast, which I listen to a lot, you guys talk about, like, hiring out and, like, scaling. But I'm like, is that even possible if I'm trying to, like, be, like, nimble with my movements? Like, if, like, Mm. a casting director Mm -hmm. called tomorrow and, like, wanted me to star on Broadway, I would want to, like, have as much, like, availability to say yes as possible. So, like... Yeah, I'm kind of like, what am I what am I working towards? Like what's even possible to work towards as a freelancer who like wants to say a freelancer? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is so, the ultimate question, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Especially especially when, yeah, you're not already, you know, some people we talk to, they're already way deep into like a full-time business. You're still very much like in the ex- exploration stages. Mm-hmm. Let me ask this one clarifying question, then and then I can I can sense that Clay has some ideas. I think I got some ideas, but let me ask this question. And that is, um, you said you want to leave as much flexibility as possible um, for, you know, if if someone were to call up and and you got a role that you wanted, you would need the the time to be able to do that. What what does what does that look like? Like for example, um, if someone called today and you got some exciting role, would would you all of a sudden have to dedicate forty plus hours a week to that, or or is it? sort of nights and weekends or what what does that look like? Yeah. So um most like acting jobs on like the level that I would be going for are like they're like a nine to five situation. Like, yeah. During it's a full time job. And yeah. and it is it compensates you with full time pay. Yeah. In most yeah. of these scenarios that you would accept. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so and and then I imagine they run for However long, uh, in terms of rehearsals and and prep work, and then and ex- and excuse me for not being an actor and not being familiar with <laughs> Broadway and off Broadway, but um, so you do prep work, you do rehearsals, then the show runs for a certain amount of time. Then if it's really successful, it might get picked up for another run or two, and then at some point, it's probably over. Right. And so, so you have to have something to fall back on until your next role. Is that does that sound accurate? Am I totally. sort of painting right? Yeah. Here? Okay. So you, so ideally, you need a business that you can do actually on nights and weekends, or <laughs> full time when you don't have a role that you're currently working in. Yes, totally. And like, I actually, so later this year, I am doing a show, um, and it's like six weeks of my life. So I'm like purposefully like scheduling out my client work so that it doesn't mm-hmm. touch those six weeks. Um, which I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like I figured that out. But I mean, one of the older reasons I was able to do that was because like they contacted me in February about August. So like mm-hmm. yeah. I was able to plan ahead, which like this is just going to be like a qualm in my life. I think it's just going to be like a thing that I'm going to have mm-hmm. to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess it's sort of just like, like, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm I'm just like stuck in my life right now. And like, I'm, I'm how- curious. <laughs> Yeah. I want to ask a curiosity question, and maybe I don't know. I, I, I'm just very curious. Like, so if you if you can make the same amount of money uh, doing web design versus acting versus TikToking, which one would you choose? Okay, well, this is like a really. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I. 
I don't know. I really don't. Honestly, I feel like I feel like I can have the most direct impact with web design. Like I feel so fulfilled with my clients every day because like I'll see them like launch their site and then they make like a shit ton of money, you know? Mm. Um am I allowed to swear on here? I don't even know. Sorry. Um <laughs> Okay, great. Love it. From New York. We'd expect nothing less. <laughs> Yeah. So like, I feel like that is like so fulfilling to me in a way that like, once, once you've like been acting a while, like you, there's just not like, at a certain point in acting, like you're just doing the director's vision. Um, and like in uh, web design, I can have a vision. So you um, still have a boss really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, so, but so like, explain to us then, because it feels like, it feels like you're saying... <laughs> yeah, like is your heart does your heart still lie in acting more because it feels like it feels like what you're saying is if I was working on a bunch of web design projects and I got a call and it was a great opportunity to be in a great show then I would just you know I'd have to take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And what what I haven't heard you say is if I was in a great show and I got some great new clients I'd have to I'd have to leave the show or I'd have to decline the role. And so it feels like you're, to me, it feels like you're putting acting over your web design business, which is fine, yeah. but, it, but it feels like what you're telling us is you find more fulfillment in the web design work. Yeah. And I asked this I think- question because um, I think it's really going to, to alter the way we give some feedback on this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So totally. yeah, that's why, that's why I ask. I mean, it's, like, really hard. Like, I feel, like, truly... I feel truly multi-passionate, which, I mean, I feel like also, like, I have established, like, this sort of personal brand on, like, in many different communities and in many different online spaces now, too, that is, like, I am person you go to for web design when you are also multi-passionate <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah. so like it's it's like i feel like i have not only a responsible to like younger me's dream to be on broadway but i also have a responsibility to my brand to continue to be multi-passionate <laughs> so like, yeah that yeah sense. have you ever thought about mixing the two? Oh, i do it, all the time yeah it's like we had preston and i had a couple of uh, people on who they are in LA, right? Um, the ones that oh, yeah. did the, like the funny yeah, videos, the comedians, yeah, yeah. And they, they, uh, of course, they hire actors and stuff too. But they, I, I, I watched some of their videos, and they themselves were on them. Um, and they do like these little funny, uh, commercial videos, kind of like you know, like I don't know if they actually did this, but like the poopery type videos. Um, and so I was thinking like, okay, you can mix like web design and add on a marketing video marketing arm to it and, and sell you and you come up with the concepts and you could actually be in it or you can hire your fellow acting people. Cause I think you have, with you being in that world, you have connections of people who could be on these videos. Yeah. Right. You got plenty of people. Um, and so have you thought about doing that? Yeah. I mean, 
in like, in what way? Do you mean like, because my first thought is like, oh, maybe that's like how you bring TikTok into it. Like you have like a TikTok package or something or like a, I don't know, like. It could be TikTok, but it could also just be, hey, we're going to create this little video, funny video, or it doesn't have to be funny. But uh, so like, let's say you you bring on um, some company, small business to do their website and you can cross sell them on a, hey, did you know we also have a, a video package where we create, I create a concept, uh, I shoot it and deliver a video to you. And that could be on, you know, they could use it for however they want to use it, TikTok, um, YouTube, whatever. Uh, but it's just the the final delivery is a, is a video. Um, or, or it could be, because um, I see you have like, what, 60,000 followers on TikTok. Like you can add on an, an additional arm to that and say, hey, for an additional fee, um, you know, I could pimp you out as as a uh, sponsored whatever on TikTok. Not saying that you have to, because I know your your TikTok is about lifestyle. Um, so it had to fit, right? But I'm just giving you an idea of like the fact that you could, you can mix in your, integrate your acting stuff into this web design stuff um, all in one, and you don't have to go by another director's vision <laughs> and make money at the same time. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's really interesting. Like, I feel like uh, in my sort of online presence, like on my website and everything in general, like I'm pretty like, I keep them all in one place because I feel like they all like, I feel like a lot of my web design clients come to me and they're like, oh, I like came, I like want to work with you specifically because you're an actor. And I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like in terms of like how people know me, I think I do a good job of like, of like showcasing all of those things, but I've never like thought to sell them all together. If that makes so sense. Who, like, do you, who do you build websites for? Who's your typical person that you build sites for? Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com freelance. That's linkedin.com freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. 
If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Um, so I work with a lot of creatives, so a lot of like photographers, um, videographers, um, a lot of like other actors who also run companies that are like, like arts centered, um, Mm -hmm. like theater companies, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I, so based off that, I don't know. I don't know if like doing that would make sense because um, if they're if they're videographers, right, they can create their own video. Um, if they're actors, yeah, you know, they I can, mean, they I work can... with like so many kinds of people, like copywriters, like so many mm-hmm. different ones. Like some of them, it would not make sense for, but some of them, it probably would. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking more of like people outside of the creative space. Oh um, yeah. If you, if you by chance worked with those people, but. Um, I don't know. It's worth testing. I think, I think so. But I think the first thing you got to do is just have clarity as far as like, which direction do you want to go? Because if you actually want to grow this web stuff and make it priority, well, there that's one direction we can give feedback on it. But if you still want to um, make acting the priority, then it's like, okay, well, then we ha- there, there's a different type of feedback for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess so like I don't know. I've spent like most of this year like growing a lot and I think I I hired um a VA like in February, but then nice. I also just like fully <laughs> I'm just like such a control freak and it like was not working for me i don't know (laughs) okay so first of all we have an episode way back in the archives i'm gonna link to it and i will have my team email it to you too when we follow up on your episode but it's called something like yes control freaks you can scale (laughs) to and it's it's totally it's totally the stuff that you're talking about here where it's like you want to be able to do everything yourself And yet you recognize, and it's good that you recognize, it's a good first step that you recognize that you can only go so far with that, right? And I think that's, it feels like that's maybe what you were expressing earlier in the episode, which is, which is like, I want to do all the things, meaning I I have, I have like, I'm multifaceted, multi-interest, multi-passion, and that's fine. We, most of us are. Um, and I want to do all the things, but then also inside of each passion, I want to do all the things, right? I want I want to do all the work for my web design clients. I want to do all of the videos for my TikTok account. I want to do obviously all the acting, like. Um, and, and so I think that episode will help you out. But I think I think we could probably offer some advice today too, particularly because, like, and I don't know I don't know exactly. You know, I know a lot about Clay's story. Clay, you can tell me if if you feel like there are parts of your story that shine here, but like. 
part of my reason for taking my business full time, yes, I hated working for someone else and and all of that aspect, but really it was for the flexibility and the freedom to do other things that I wanted to do during the day um, and not just be chained to a desk. And so it feels like there's maybe some application there of like, Yes, your freedom looks a little different than mine. I don't have, you know, months and months long commitments of being in a play. Uh, but but like I think I think maybe some of the same things still apply that I I want to be able to travel for a month at a time and not worry about my business collapsing <laughs> or whatever and I think maybe there are some things I could offer advice there, but I guess I guess I'm wondering like what are your biggest questions or what do you see as your biggest hurdles? Uh, that you're facing as you try to build this multifaceted or flexible kind of business? Because I think it can be done, but I'm curious what you're bumping into as you try to do that. Yeah, well, okay. So I think like the biggest thing that I have in terms of like, where do I go from here is like, okay, if I do hire people, like I feel like my... the It's not even that I'm a control... Well, it's a little bit that I'm a control freak, but like <laughs> I know I could like learn to not be. But... um I struggle because I feel like I have built this like deeply personal brand and I'm like, how, what part of that can I even hand off to someone? Yeah. Like, do you, do you and, feel like your web design business is a deeply personal brand? Cause I can understand the TikTok thing. It's like videos of you and your life. And I get that. Do you also feel like your web design business is a deeply personal brand as you put it? I do. And also, okay. so like I have a weekly newsletter and like I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying very hard not to come off being like, I'm so great at everything, but like, I'm a really good writer too. And yeah. like, I can't, so I can't like have someone write my Instagram captions. I can't have someone write my newsletter because like, it's, I feel like my voice is so specific in writing. I feel like it's so specific in like video. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just feel like it's so hard. <laughs> to Can you, so, so I, I totally get that. Um, Cause yeah. like you have a brand voice, but my question is like, okay, you can write it, but, could somebody else load that shit up into MailChimp or whatever email yeah. software that you use and and schedule that for you? Maybe, but I feel like I like <laughs> design it out all pretty and then you know, like Yeah. Do you design uh, each one differently? Um so I mean no. I guess I guess not. I could give them like a template. Yeah. Yeah. You design it <laughs> once, right? So that it looks like you want it to. And then, and also, I feel like <laughs> this is kind of like quitting smoking. We're gonna have to do this in baby steps a little bit here. <laughs> um, <laughs> it feels like you could give them a template, they put in your content and they send you a test email. I do this with my team. I've I've recently, just recently started letting go of this a little bit more. Um, you and they send you a test email and you review it and approve it, and then you can give them access to send or you could just give them access to edit, right? And you could send it. This is a very specific example, but I think it applies to lots of the things you're talking about where it's like, you could still have the brand voice, you could still write the newsletter, but they could do like Clay's saying, all of the admin work around it. Send send you, like you could literally stay out of the software entirely, right? You design it once and then you just step back and they they copy paste your writing. They make sure the design looks good. They... Um, add any sort of whatever buttons or or graphic elements or whatever that need to be added. They send you a test. You give them a thumbs up. They send the final email. A week later, they send you the the report that shows the open and click through rates and all the things that you need to know. Um, and and like literally, you're doing ten percent of the work instead of a hundred percent of the work. And and it still has your brand voice. 
we we have I struggle with this at Milo because th- this podcast is literally like the the thing I'm involved in the most that has my voice the most. Um, but I try to give my team our overall philosophy. Like our team, my team knows what I believe about freelancing and about working for yourself and about um, work-life balance and like all these things that we believe in so strongly. They know what I believe and we try to believe those things as a team. And so that informs their writing. That informs the videos we make. That informs like the sponsors that we partner with. That informs all of the decisions that we make. Um, but I also have to trust them at some point to, to be able to make those decisions correctly. And sometimes they don't and I have to correct it. Um, but but over time, they start to learn like, what does this brand, what does our brand represent? You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I don't know. What's what's resonating or what what sounds scary from my long-winded answer there? I mean, that like, I guess there are, I guess I have to like, for me, whenever I think about like, delegating out things like I'm always like okay that's like a whole task but I guess within each task like if if writing and sending my weekly newsletter is a task like within that like yeah there are a bunch of Mm -hmm. different tasks that I I don't need to be doing like literally 100% of them so that makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah for sure we talked about this on our last episode with Peter and and Clay's question is like everything that you do Ask yourself, do I have to be the one doing this? And if for you, writing the email, and again, that's just one of many, I'm sure. But if but if writing the email is something that you feel like you have to do, then do it. Yeah. But all that other stuff you don't have to do. Yeah, somebody else can do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like TikTok, right? It's like, do you have to be, do you, you personally have to be on TikTok? The answer is yes. Like, you can't just hire a VA for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just exactly what Preston said. But like, like, but somebody else can load it up into your email software, right? True. Like, it doesn't require you personally to actually do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we literally just recorded that episode right before this one. <laughs> yep. Love that. Well, Sarah, where I mean, where are we headed from here? What What do you think? Uh, what's helping? What gaps still exist so that you can, um, after we hang up on this call, so you can make some make some progress toward where you want to be? Um. Well, there is also. Well, I don't know if we should completely switch. Well, actually, no. I have a question first. So, um, another thing that I was going to ask you that I feel like is like in line with this is, um, do you? I don't know what the actual question is. What I'm trying to say is I feel like I've watched so many freelancers in the last like two years scale to agencies. Um, but then like after a while, they realize that they themselves are making the same amount of money, like whatever salary they're giving themselves. <laughs> yeah. But now they have yeah. a whole team. So it's like mm-hmm. more stress and it's more responsibility, but it's like the same amount of money. So yeah. like... Is it even so? Then they just end up going back to being a solopreneur. <laughs> it's like, is that even how? How do you make scaling actually mm-hmm. worth it? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, are you just to clarify the question? I think it's a really great question. Actually, I'm not sure we've even tackled it before, but such a good question. Do, when you say they go back to making the same, or they're making the same money as they used to, are you talking about when they worked at a, a different job, or are you saying when they worked as a solopreneur? 
say as a solopreneur doing everything, they made 60K a year and then they scaled and they hired and da-da-da and they pay all these people. And because they have to pay all these people and pay all these other expenses of scaling, they now themselves still only take home 60K a year. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm asking. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Clay, do you have any thoughts on that? I have some ideas, but I've been talking a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh, thanks. Yeah. No, you're supposed to say no. You. It's been great. <laughs> he just chuckles. Yeah. You have been yeah. talking a lot. Okay. Go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So I I do have thoughts. Um. So I did grow an agency before. Uh. That I sold and I I had people. I had like twenty something people on my team and then like with this company I have now I only have two and that's by design. You know, like I purposefully wanted to keep it really, really small. So I understand both sides. Um, so I think there is a... Uh, there, There's with agency. So like saying, staying a solopreneur slash freelancer, um, yeah, you can make the same amount of money versus owning an agency. Because obviously with an agency, you have... You can make more revenue, but you have a, a hell of a lot more expenses. And at the end of the day, you can make equivalent amount versus if you were a freelancer. Um, because as a freelancer, yes, your revenue is is a fraction of the cost of an agency. But again, your expenses are super low. You have no payroll. Um, here's the difference. The difference is, is that as a freelancer, the amount that you can grow is in my opinion, finite um, with, with this industry, uh, you know, with web, web stuff. Um, agency, I think, I think your friends that have experienced that where they're making the same amount of money did not reach that tipping point. There is a tipping point where you're making a hell of a lot more money Versus a free versus if you are freelancing, but to get there, to get to that tipping point, you are making the same amount of money with all the headache of managing a team. Um, and so there, there's that, there is that growth period where it's like you got to get to a certain point where you're okay. Now you're finally reaching, um, uh, not just growth but scale because there is a difference. Um, so I don't know that that's, that's kind of my best explanation of like how you get paid more in the agency level, uh, versus a freelancer is you got to get to that point, that tipping point, And then it just starts like the money just starts flooding in. Interesting. So mm-hmm. like what exactly makes it do that? <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. Like what's the tipping point? Yeah, so the tipping point is, and in th- this varies across different agencies. It's not the same for every agency, but it's the but the single most common factor is when that team can absolutely run by itself without you there, and but because you are there, you can focus one hundred percent of your time doing one particular role at the agency. At least that is my experience with it. Because with me, I, when my agency got to the point where I had zero, literally zero input in project management, strategy, that kind of stuff, like, 
and and one hundred percent of my time was going towards sales and business development because that's where I wanted to be. That doesn't necessarily mean that's where you have to be. Um, that right there was the tipping point for me. And so, and and it doesn't have to be sales for you. Like you can hire, you can bring. Like if it's not sales or business development for you, that means you have to bring somebody in to cover that that role. Um, but that 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 would mean okay, one hundred percent of your time is spent doing content or or whatever, right? Um, I think that's where the tipping point is. Is like when it can run on its own without you. You could literally leave for a year and it would be fine. Um, and and you can focus one hundred percent of your time doing one particular role. That's it. Interesting. No, that's helpful. I feel like. Um... No one has been able to answer that question for me before. So love that. It's, a, it's yeah. for sure a tough one. Can yeah. I maybe throw a couple ideas out there on why you might still want to scale even if you're making close to the same amount of money? Um, and that is, I, I think there is a tipping point for sure. I, I've seen that in my own business as well. You got to stick through it. Part of part For me, part of the tipping point is like saying, okay, I've got a core team in place and we're maybe operating at you know, 50% capacity. What can we do now with the same costs, resources, and and uh, not not just financial cost, emotional cost, you know, all the stress you're talking about managing a team. There is a lot of that associated with it. But for the same emotional and financial cost that I am currently paying, what can we do more as a team to bring in more revenue? Right. And and you you can't mm-hmm. you can't really do that as a solo freelancer. You can to an extent, but at some point you're going to run out of time and you're going to run out of like emotional capability and it's going to be bad for your health. Right. And so, and so you do have the opportunity with the same resources as an agency, even two or three people to say, what can we do to make more money and not have to work that much more? And there are like add-ons you could do. There's recurring revenue you could work on. Like there are tweaks you could make in your business, but it has to get to that point first. So I think that for me is like the first argument of, of, of pushing towards scaling or growing. Also, Let's say worst case scenario, and I, I don't. I think you could push past it and eventually make more than you're currently making. I'm I'm still on Team Clay in that regard. Like I, I think it, it can happen, and there is a tipping point. But let's say worst case scenario, you're making the same amount as you made before. Um, if you've built your business the right way, you can do what Clay said, and you can go leave for a month. You can go take a role at a show that you've always wanted to do for six months or a year, and your business could still function. So you're essentially, yes, making the same amount, but you're not working nearly the hours that you had to work as a solopreneur or a freelancer, right? So so if you can build a business that pays you the same amount as you were making and you do less work, that's there's an obvious advantage there. So there's there's opportunity there, but you can't, again, you can't do that on your own. And also another thing that I was thinking is um, when you're building a company that's bigger than yourself, that's more than just you, you're building an asset. Right, and so like in, in Clay's case, he started out as a freelancer, um, and he eventually built an agency, and then he sold it. And he never could have sold his freelance business, right? Because it all would have relied on Clay. And so when you're done with that business, you just walk away, and whatever money you made from the service that you gave is all the money that you made. But you're sort of building two revenue streams at once when you when you build a service agency. You get all the money from providing the service and then you're also building equity in an asset that you could potentially sell one day, an agency that you could sell. And if it operates, like Clay said, if it operates on its own, 
without you having to be there, that's very easy to sell to someone else who can step in and do whatever role you were doing. So I think there are some advantages, even if you hit moments where you're making as much as you were. For me, it's about building it the right way. It sounds like maybe some of these people who are making the same amount as they were before, maybe didn't wait long enough, weren't patient enough, or, or they just... Um, they didn't understand like what it takes to to scale past trading time for money. You know what I mean? I don't know. Is any of that is any of that helping making sense? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I this is the first real time that I've been like, oh, maybe like building a business that's separate from myself would be like a better option. Like, I don't know if it'd be better mm. or worse than what I'm doing, but like, but like uh, that's you make a compelling argument. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I I feel like there was other questions too that you wanted to move on to besides just that one, and uh, I at least feel like we did it justice. It sounds like mm-hmm. you do too. Was there more you wanted to chat about in the last few minutes we have? Oh, there was just one question, which I don't know if you have any like quick ideas, but basically, um, I since I sort of have one foot in the artist space and then one foot like in other spaces, I feel like pricing is really difficult for me because like artists don't have any money, but then like a lot of the influencers that I work with or other people have like a lot of money and I feel like I'm charging too much for artists and not enough for the other people. And it's, I'm Mm. just like, (laughs) I'm stuck. (laughs) Yeah. Are you, are you talking about the different prices for the same service or, or the same price, but but it's high for some people and low. I guess I'm just trying to gauge is it the same service we're talking about here? Or yeah. Service? I mean, if it's if it's web design, like I've basically this year started to like not work with as many artists and just like have to tell them like, hey, sorry, like I due to like high demand, I like I'm only working with businesses right now and it's like this much. And like every once in a while, like and a fellow artist will be like, I'll pay you that, but it's because they like have the money for it, which like is not that many people. Um, And so part of me feels like, oh, am I like leaving like an entire like part of my audience like behind because I Mm. like, like, there's just like such an income discrepancy between all of the people that I feel like Mm. I need to serve. So yeah, I mean, I try, I have like templates and like I have like website templates and um, I tried to create like, lower cost options but yeah i don't know it's like it's it's weird it's a weird dynamic <laughs> yeah clay do you have any thoughts on addressing two different audiences at the same time with maybe a similar offering or or um, should you create different offerings or what do you think which which type of audience what industry uh or what market are you getting or making your most money right now um definitely like other like creative business owners so like outside of outside of acting yeah yeah these are like the photographers how, the copywriters yeah how how percentage wise how much is that how much of your revenue is coming from the, that i mean right now like 100 like i just like have stopped working with artists which and what was the feedback with the lower cost option with the artists I just, so I put out these website templates and like, I also Mm -hmm. can do like a customization for them too. Um, And I have like an in a day service and like, I don't know. I just feel like I thought they were going to like sell so well because I feel like I Mm -hmm. had like a lot of hype and like 
also I feel like I was starting to become too expensive for people. So I thought it was going to be like yeah. a good thing. But like I sold like three, which I was like, okay, great, three. But like, <laughs> but um, like okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not like um, as many as I wanted to. So I don't know. So my feedback there is to drop that whole sec- that whole artist sector altogether. Okay. Yeah, like, and and when I say drop it, I mean even if somebody asks you, you could be like, okay, well here when I yeah when I say drop it, I don't mean like, I don't mean like if somebody approaches you and wants to pay your actual fee that yeah. you want to charge, like still like go ahead and do it, right? But I would not offer a low cost option specifically just for those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would just. Whatever your fee is, stick to that. Stick whatever your fee is, it, no matter who you're talking to. Um, I don't. I think it's. I think it's a bad move to to adjust your pricing just based off what you think people can pay. Yeah, I um, agree. And because, like, at that point, now you've become two different business models. Um, y- you can't, in my opinion, you can't be Gucci and Dollar Tree at the same time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, you either got to pick one or the other. If you want to pick. If you want to stick to like just to artists, just because that's where your passion is, then in my opinion, you, maybe you just have to drop that fee, and you just got to crank out a bunch of vo- yeah. like a high volume. Um, but if you want to stick to the higher fee, which I think you should, um, I think you just stick to whatever that fee is, and just tell them, hey, this is my fee. Yeah. Your life will be so much easier. It was, it just, it'll be so much better. Yeah, and like I kind of started doing that this year. I just like feel maybe just guilty about it, but I guess that's a mindset. I was gonna thing. say, is it more of just like a moral dilemma? Like you're you're sort of declining yes. friends, and and <laughs> as, as maybe as maybe someone who's been there, like not had a bunch of extra cash and yeah. sort of living off your art. That can be exactly. Hard for sure. I I run into this all the time, believe it or not. Like, and it's and it's um, it's super popular. This this kind of mindset is popular among the health service provider industry. So chiropractors, massage therapists. They care about um, helping people. Yes. They they feel so guilty about charging people for what they do for a living. Yeah. And and here's what I'll say about that. Um, unless you work for a nonprofit, like, or you want to go and create your own nonprofit, like this is a business. Um People understand that it is a it is a business, and I think it's your moral obligation to tell people this is what you do. You help people, but this is the way you make a living. People understand that, even though you may feel guilty for it, they understand that this is how you make a living. And so, if they can't afford it, they're not going to be super offended. They're like, I can't believe you didn't make a website for me for free or for like. $5 or whatever low fee it is. Um, if they do think that way, those people are not actually your friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you had a lot of pushback from people or is it is it mostly like an internal debate? No, it's like mostly an internal... Like, I don't. no one's ever like said to me like, you're charging mm, too you? much or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think people get it. I just like my yeah. like progressive mind is like accessible yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i get it 100 i get it and 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 uh, to come back to your question before about like building an agency honestly if you had the systems in place that could be something that you could do on an intentional basis 
some either pro bono work or discounted work. Again, very, very intentional, right? Not as an offering, not as something you publicly say, but if a friend or, or a friend of a friend comes to you and says, I really need this, but I don't have the money. And you say, look, don't tell anyone don't, this isn't something we share, but we, you know, twice a year, we, we pick up two clients who, yep. who can't, you know, make the the full payment and we do it for half or whatever, just because we love the, this community and we want to give back. Like that's something that, I mean, I guess you could do that as a freelancer too. That's a great idea. But, um, and then that sort of appeases the, the, the internal debate that you have too, and also gives back to the community, but also lets you not have to cannibalize your, your actual business because those people aren't going to actually be clients anyway. And so you're just doing like some, some good work to give back to the community. Mm, just cap it. Yeah, yeah, love yep, that. Yep. Create a wait list. You say like I do one a quarter or I do two a year or or you know whatever. You know, I actually I think that's a really great idea if you if you just do that like one a quarter or two a year. Um and uh and what you do is just create a landing page and say, "Hey, but well, we have a really long wait list for this." Mm-hmm. And so what's really cool is that you accomplish a couple of different things. Just what what Preston said is, "Okay, you're going to give back to the community." Uh, without without feeling too guilty, um, but also you get people's email address. You can market to them, right? And if they, decide they, they don't want to wait, <laughs> if they don't want to wait, they can pay. Or if they by chance like become this big star or whatever, and they have the money, guess who they're going to go to? Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you haven't blown them off. You've been kind, and you have their information. That's mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. Yeah, Does that feel like idea. feel like something that could help maybe that situation, Sarah. Yeah, totally. I like okay. that. Cool, Sarah. I'm not going to lie. Uh, this has literally been one of my favorite episodes. Like this is this is top ten for me for sure. It's been great. Um, oh, I'm so, so glad. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for bringing such great questions, thoughtful questions, new questions, things we've not heard before. <laughs> um, we really, really appreciate you taking time to come on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. I've had such a great time. And I, I'm, I'm very appreciative of all of your insights. Well, absolutely. Well-deserved. Why don't you tell people uh, really quick where they can find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah. Um, so my website is www.sarahkleist.com. And I'm on TikTok at skleist. And I'm on Instagram at Kleist Creative would probably be the most relevant to this uh this podcast. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. Thanks again for coming on the show. And Clay, thanks for taking the time today, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, we'll see you guys. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya. See ya.